0: to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the OutSports Podcast Network. And if you've been listening to all the episodes that we're dropping today, this is part two. And the final part of our two weeks (laughs) recapping everything that went down on WrestleMania week. And right now we are talking about Alley Cat's real hot girl shit. um, A show that had a number of outstanding female professional wrestlers on the card up and down and featured perhaps the most chaotic, raucous, and... Uh, as in, as you'll hear in the podcast, uh, me describe it as a debaucherous match that I have perhaps ever seen in Faye Jackson's Grey Sweatpants Battle Royal at the very end. Top to bottom, amazing show, just like GCW for The Culture, which we talked about on the previous episode that also dropped today. Um, so, yeah, it's a perfect way to kind of cap off... WrestleMania week coverage here. uh, A week plus (laughs) removed from it all going down. Um, But once again, my partner KC is here to chat about it. And we get into all of the antics and specifics and and fun things that we pulled away from this event. Um, But of course, we also have another episode that's dropping today, which goes back to our interview format that we normally do here on the show. Um, We have pro wrestler Leo London, uh, who wrestles mainly up in Winnipeg, uh, coming on the show to chat uh, all about his experiences in pro wrestling and all that good stuff. So make sure that you uh, stay tuned in to the Outsports Podcast Network and check out that those two episodes as well as this one. But um, you know enough preamble. Let's get into Alley Cat's real hot girl shit. What's up guys, Guys, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the ring, uh, welcome back to the second episode of the week, uh, much like last week where we had four episodes recapping various Wrestlemania week events, we have two more to wrap up Wrestlemania week coverage here, uh, we talked about For the Culture a little bit earlier today, and right now uh, my partner KC is back to chat about Alley Cat's real hot girl shit, oh man, what a raucous show this was. My god. <laughs> yes it was. <laughs> oh, it was in the best ways too. You know, like all the shows for WrestleMania week that, that took a, a a focus on you know underrepresented groups um, within pro wrestling. Alley Cats for Hot Girl shit definitely gave you something completely different. In many mm-hmm. ways, and obviously, like the main event, the Gray Pants Battle Royal, we will get to that because that is a that could be a whole podcast in and of <laughs> itself. My God, but um, but there was a lot of quality wrestling on this show as well. A lot of different um, you know, forms of representation. And as as far as the different rep- representations on this show, all I have
1: to do, all I have to say first is, real hot girl shit, sure, but. All of these women were amazing. And it's hard for me to classify them as just girls. (laughs) Although actually, um, when I think about that, you were telling me Billy Starks, um, who's very new into her wrestling career, queer, God, brain slip. It's on my mind. (laughs) Um, I think he said she was like 16. Yeah, she's 16. uh, And she's been training for three years. Wow. Because she was really impressive. Like I loved... Watching her versus Alley Cap,
0: yeah. And there's a reason why she was in that that match too. But like Billy is someone. that quick divergence here, real quick. Billy Starks uh, is someone who um, is already becoming a known name and a commodity um, throughout independent pro wrestling mm. at only the age of 16. Um, so she has a very bright star ahead of her. Um, going forward in, in the pro wrestling industry for however long she decides to stay in it. Mm-hmm. But um, she yeah, she is outstanding. And to be that good, that young is a fucking crime, honestly. <laughs> like it is just, it's just so outstanding. Um, but yeah, sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> no, I was just, I was just mostly commenting on how women are not necessarily girls, but it's not, it's not an actual cr- critique of the, Name of the show, because I love the name of the show. Yes, exactly. Um, I just wanted to highlight that all of these women were fantastic.
0: Yes, they were. Um, You know, we had seven uh, matches on the show. Um, And then, of course, if you want to call the Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal a match, which it definitely was a match, but uh, it was a a lot more than just a match. But um, yeah, we we had seven matches uh, featuring... Um, 14 outstanding female professional wrestlers um, from various different places around the country, various promotions. You know, you had like Jordan Grace um, and, and Jazz on here from Impact Wrestling. You had, uh, you know, Dark Sheik on this show uh, representing the West Coast uh, very, very well. Um, and, of course, a lot of names that, that you've seen already, you know, whether from WrestleMania week or other high, major events, you know, people like Edith Surreal, Lady Frost, uh, Allison um Tasha
1: Steele, Willow Nightingale, Brooke Valentine. Um,
0: yeah. And Erica Lee and, and Davian. We're just going to name all the names. All the names. that are on Holiday, uh, <laughs> Trisha Dora. Like, you know, you had like... You Was had, Trisha Dora another matches this that weekend um i don't know if she was okay i don't i think that this might have been her only appearance for the week i I say that not having everything in front of me at the moment right 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 but um but yeah either way though um was outstanding uh in in her match there but you had so many different um, outstanding women on this show um showing what they can do um, and even having some of these matches like tie into other events as well. Um, you, I don't know. Like I really enjoyed a lot of what we saw here. Um, I guess like when we talked about for the culture, what um, initially like stood out to you watching watching this show? Well, um, I mean, definitely like I said earlier,
1: um, Allie Cat and Billy Starks. Um, I can't remember if I've seen Allie Cat wrestle if she. Wrestled in um the other real hot girl shit promo. Yeah. Okay, then I'm oh, just misremembering, but um yeah,
0: she wrestled Willow Nightingale at the first one. If okay, I'm
1: um, but this I think was the first time I've seen Edith Surreal, um, since
0: since she became Edith Surreal, right? Yes, yes. Well, um, yeah. Well, no, the Cassandra Cup, technically. She was, th- she was Edith Surreal at the Cassandra Cup as well.
1: Oh, I, th- I thought for some reason that they were still saying Still Life.
0: On commentary they were. But oh, she okay. Was, but she was definitely Edith by that point. Yeah, she was in the costume. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. Pro wrestling is, is an evolution. Pro wrestling is fluid. Pro I mean, what is time? Fluid. Time is, is a construct. Com- yes, it is, for
1: sure. Um, <laughs> but so I was really excited to see... Um, Her and I've I also uh Lady Frost is another another person that's come up for me before and who I've always enjoyed wrestling or watching her wrestle. (laughs) Um that match, um the the only thing for for me with that match is uh it ended really fast. Like it ended like it was it it ended before I noticed Mm. basically. And part of that was just because it was hard to hear um the referee counting or um In some of the matches, but, um, I don't know. The ending just kind of fell flat for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that was kind of a a surprise whenever it came, but at the same time, it was completely believable for me just knowing like Edith's wrestling style. Mm. You know, I've said multiple times on this show, I've used that same phrase uh, multiple times on the show when talking about Edith, where, um, every time I watch her wrestle, like it seems like there's something new, like even if it's something small, something new in her arsenal, that makes you feel like she could end matches in myriad different ways. Mm. Um, especially when it comes to like her work on submissions and roll-ups and stuff like that. Which is how the her, her rematch with Lady Frost ended here. Because this wasn't mm-hmm. a rematch on Butch versus Gore. Um, so... Um, And and I don't know like that. I I like that in a way. It did shock me whenever it happened because it felt like things were just starting to kind of ramp up a bit.
1: Right. That's what it was for me too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, like it it was a a fitting ending, and I'm sure that this is not the last time we've seen Edith Surreal versus Lady Frost either.
1: I hope not, because yeah, I do remember. I mean, it was the first time I had seen either of them at Butch versus Gore wrestling, so it was really good seeing them do that again. so I would love to see them wrestle again in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Against
1: each other, that is. because <laughs> So another match that stood out to me for sure was Tasha Steels versus Trish Adora. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first off, you, you already know that I always love seeing Trish um, wrestle. But particularly with this, um, I think it's because whenever I watch people do submissive moves. It just makes me cringe inside and wonder how somebody can contort their body in that way and not just immediately tap out. Um, (laughs) So I, I just always love seeing those really uh, technical submission style matches. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the match for
0: this. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, you had two people who, you know, are adept in, you know, striking, but also very much in the, the map based, um, grappling and, and submission styles as well. Two very well round, well-rounded wrestlers there with Tasha and Trish. It also helps whenever you have Kiera out there, you know, alongside her tag team partner. Yes. Helping out when <laughs> needed.
1: Yes, helping out. So,
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and also a really good precursor to Tasha jumping on the commentary mic during the Grace Wetpants Battle Royal as well. So, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, for me... Some of the t- matches that stood out for me, obviously, Alley Cat and Billy Starks was outstanding. Um, you talk about like seeing people's bodies contorted. The finish of that match, my God! Uh huh. Oh the my God! Billy Starks bent in half on that Boston Crab. Just oh, Jesus Christ! What an image. Um, but before that, it was still a stellar. Like it was a really good uh, wrestling match, back and forth. You know, I, I think Alley Cat has reached a different level of intensity. In the ring, and I was talking about this with uh, DJ Accent Report whenever um, we talked about the Cassandra Cup on this show, and and he pointed out something that was very important that that I internalized from that conversation was that you know a part of the reason why he thought that Alley Cat was having uh, like more intensity um, in the ring was because she's finally she's reached a place of better confidence mm. in the ring. You know, really understanding, like, finding that self-confidence for herself um, and applying that to in-ring, because, like, she's a known name, but there's a reason why her name is on this show as, like the like, the women's show under the GCW banner. Mm-hmm. You know, she's probably the most prominent female wrestler that regularly appears on GCW programming. I mean, and if you want to talk about intensity, just go back and watch her match with Nick Gage, down in texas from uh early last year um so it's definitely there but it's just a whole different level for her and i know like she it's been like a little over a year now that she's been out as pansexual so like and in, in putting that out into the world it, it really helps i think in a lot of ways to kind of boost your self-confidence just to finally get that off your back but that obviously that's not 100 percent the only thing there there's a, whole, a lot of different things as well but Mm-hmm. Um, any any the the boost in confidence the boost in self confidence there is very much uh, uh, evident when watching Alley Cat wrestle over the past like six months or so for me at least. Um, but that match was really fun. I also really enjoyed Dark Sheik and Holly Dead, Um just because like this was perhaps the most um, like the match that I kind of fell into like got sucked into that void that you get into when you're just watching a wrestling match and you're just following every emotional movement mm-hmm. that comes with it. Like this was, this was just that, like, like I know the term is overused a lot, uh, in, in, uh, modern vernacular, but this match was a banger, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just and through. That's the only way I can really describe it. Holly dead is outstanding. Um, she really knows her character, and has really perfected her character. And Dark Sheik is Dark Sheik. I mean, she's a 20-year vet for a reason. She runs hood slam. Like, she is just. I mean, she's the high priestess of the church of wrestling, for God's sake. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no ill word that you can say towards that woman um, when it comes to pro wrestling, honestly. So, those really stood out. Um, and then I think one that you know we we alluded to it when we talked about for the culture, but. Um, Brooke Valentine versus Willow Nightingale. Uh huh. Talk to me. A l- I know that one stood out for you too. Obviously, tell to me a little bit about that match for you.
1: I mean, like I was saying, um, uh, when we were talking about for the culture, um, I just love both of them anyway, and it was really exciting to see them, um, in the uh, as a tag team, um. So this was really interesting seeing them essentially go against each other. Um, right after watching them work together fabulously. Uh, there was also a shock um, <laughs> just in the middle of this match. You had watched it before me.
0: I had. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue. <laughs> Damn it, Brooke Valentine, you're too good. You're too good of an actress.
1: Yeah, I was worried that she was seriously injured. Yeah. Um, and I kept asking you, like, is this real? What's going on? Like, is she injured? Um, and then suddenly, nope. Breaks yeah. out and hits Willow Nightingale. The <laughs> not, match continues. Not
0: only hits her, so like, basically, for those that, that haven't seen the show yet, one, go watch the show. Two, um, Brooke Valentine, like, has a move where she does a cartwheel into a, a kick in the corner. And mm-hmm. when she does did the cartwheel, um, she fell like she would hurt her knee. Um, and... Uh, basically, like she gets out of the ring, and Willow and the referee are helping her to the back, and then out of nowhere, she just grabs Willow by the hair and throws her into a row of chairs. <laughs> and then, just to, to rub it in her face, does a cartwheel on the outside. I don't know if you caught that one, but she did like, I a did. cartwheel. Yeah. Like she caught it. She did a cartwheel on the outside just to rub it in everybody's face, and then we were off to the races. And
1: this is, of <laughs> course, after Willow was trying to help her after seeing her seemingly get injured.
0: God, it was, it was just so good. It was one of the better, like, in match swerves that I've seen in a long time. And I bought it. Like, everybody yeah. else I was watching this show, I but the first time I watched it, I was a hook line sinker. I'm like, oh, I hope she's okay. I really hope she's okay. And I. I don't know like obviously like that I that's part of buying into the, the illusion in a way, but at the same time like just just kudos to Brooke Valentine. For Amazing that performance. Moment. Yeah. Just so good. And the match was really good too, following after that. It hit mm-hmm. a different level. No, but yeah, Brooke Valentine, Will and I go, outstanding. Um I really liked seeing uh Davian and Erica Lee on this show too, just because like Davienne has been uh really killing it in the northwest in the Northeast, rather, not Northwest. Um, but in the Northeast, especially at Limitless uh in Maine, um she's been doing a lot of great work and you know, Erica was on the first um Real Hot Girl shit at Fight Forever. Mm-hmm. You know, she fought Faye Jackson there, so it was kind of a it was not a surprise to see Erica back. On this show by, you know, Erica is just really fun to watch. And honestly, I will always uh, celebrate someone who comes out with the, the, the doo-doo candy and tries oh, to God. get a, a 1130 a.m. crowd under 90 degree Tampa sun to chant poo-poo pee-pee <laughs> at the top of their lungs in an outdoor venue. I I can always get behind that. I do
1: remember watching some just pedestrians. Walking by, wondering
0: what the fuck. <laughs> oh, I love pro wrestling so much. I really do. Yes, you nerd. I, yeah, nerd. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, no, definitely for sure. Um, so obviously, I think that kind of will lead us into. I mean, well, before we go into the Grace Sweatpants so so Battle Royal, I do want to talk a little a little bit about our opener here with Allison K and Jordan Grace because mm-hmm. I think that the the placement of this match was a signifier in a lot of ways for just how um, like stacked this card was, in a way. Because Jordan Grace, former Impact Knockouts champion, Allison Kay, former Impact Knockouts champion, former NWA World Women's champion, um, you have two people who have very high uh, popularity within pro wrestling, Um, Very high profiles within pro wrestling, and they're on the opening match, which, you know, there's an old parlance in pro wrestling. You either want to be the opener or the main event um, because of the prominence of those spots. So, in that way, it makes sense that they would be there. But at the same time, to have that kind of star power in your opener really speaks to, I think, what you're trying to say with a show like this, in that we have enough outstanding pro wrestler, pro wrestling women. Um, on this card that we feel comfortable putting Allison Kay and Jordan Grace up front because mm-hmm. we know that every everybody else that's going to follow is going to deliver throughout the, all, the body of this show until we close it out with, you know, everybody trying to see something.
1: Right. And they absolutely did deliver. I remember you were telling me about that, um, how they essentially could have been uh, the main event as well.
0: Yeah. Just based on Star Power alone. Not, without even, like, them touching beforehand. Like, this could have been promoted as a main event anywhere. So, like, I thought that, that was a very, inter- a very like, uh, interesting statement that was made by just looking at the the layout of the show in that way. Mm-hmm. So, um... But, yeah, like, I think that we've uh, kind of walked around a lot of stuff on the show without getting to the thing that has probably made the most... Um, at least the most gifts coming out <laughs> oh of this show. God.
1: <laughs> yes. Faye
0: Jackson's gray sweatpants battle royal. Um, so this was originally supposed to be its own event last year at WrestleMania in Tampa. Um, and in a way, the everything getting canceled last year was kind of serendipitous in a, in that way because, um, obviously before. WrestleMania Week got started. Faye Jackson, you know, announced that she was retiring from pro wrestling and that Tampa was going to be her last hurrah. And part of that was being able to finally fulfill the promise of the Grey Sweat Pants Battle Royal. Um, obviously, so in that way, like it turned it into a send off for Faye, um, as well as something that was just completely debaucherous uh-huh. in the in way that pro wrestling. As debaucherous as pro wrestling can be, definitely shies away from a lot. Right, I would say um, it's, it was a completely different thing. I don't know what were your what were your thoughts. What were your thoughts whenever I told you about what this match was supposed to be, and then actually like seeing what it was in action? Um, well, I mean, seeing it in action,
1: it was just absolute chaos. So I wasn't necessarily <laughs> expecting that, but just with how you described it to me beforehand, it being a gray sweatpants battle royale mm-hmm. that was it, what it was was kind of what i expected yeah. um, in a lot of ways uh just just how this stands out for me is um well first i really enjoy watching women wrestle because i don't think that they often get that kind of spotlight Um, I mean, I was just saying this with For the Culture, like put more women on your card. Um, But then also, um, just like the history of pro wrestling in general. um, I feel like women have had to like forced to sexualize themselves um, to be in those in the spotlight. And with independent wrestling, I just I feel like women have a lot more control over their body and their image, and whether they want to sexualize themselves and how they sexualize themselves if they want to Mm um so i celebrate that so much with watching independent wrestling and this battle royale kind of flips it on its head because when i watch men wrestle i don't necessarily see them sexualized and this was one of those shows where that's absolutely what this was about. And it was awesome because they didn't shy away from that. They weren't hiding. Anything. The, the, like. <laughs> Sorry. They weren't hiding, like, uh, God, I don't even know how to say it, but. Um,
0: it they were, there was, it was inhibition. Like there was, it was basically like, and not in a negative context. Like right. it was basically like them removing that, those, um, limits that they might put on themselves or that other people might put on there because of, like, you know, there's a reason why Effie named his clothing line wrestling as gay, you know? <laughs> like, it's sweaty dudes, like, grappling on one another. Like, the the, the comments about pro wrestling being homoerotic have, you know, been are, uh, almost as long as the sport ha- or the and the art form have been, you know, present. Yes, and I do.
1: I do tend to flag that, of course, because like there's so many times when we're watching two men wrestle, and I'm just like, "gay." Um, <laughs> but for, but for this, it wasn't even. I mean, obviously, there it was homoerotic in in ways because that, like you're saying, it's just kind of the nature of it. But this was women sexualizing men.
0: Yes, yes, it and was. I just
1: loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I want more of that <laughs> not not because I think anybody should be like improperly sexualized or whatever but it just this th- this battle royale itself was still an expression of female sexuality even though men were the focus
0: yeah and and, and to that extent so like I would say that you know the men in this match wanted to be sexualized mm-hmm. in the way that they were. Like they were feeding into this, right. in, in a way that that was incredibly healthy. And yes, this was um, an expression of female sexuality, but this is also probably the healthiest expression of masked sexuality that I've seen in pro wrestling. I've said, and I said that on Twitter. I've said that elsewhere. Um, this show, th- this this match in particular, was probably the most comfortable I've seen. A lot of people in their own skin, just having fun yes. with this sort of with this sort of environment, and just like not giving a fuck at all, and just letting everything go, and just having. And I just, thought you were gonna say letting everything hang out. I but... mean that happened too. <laughs> there are some specifics, but no, like I mean. Let's be real. There's a reason why the commentary team just kept talking about how they were trying to see something. Yep. We had had enforcers in like Billy Dixon and Sahara 7 and and Jordan Blade out there, but let's be real. um, They just got the the close-up view. Exactly. (laughs) I've seen so many GIFs of like Billy just like watching.
1: (laughs) Creep squad.
0: (laughs) Definite creep squad. (laughs) <laughs> the energy going on here which honestly kind of ties in the, another reason why this match was so good because it tied into a story that has been building for almost a year at this point Um because like you know and granted a lot of it has been built um you know at sporadic promotions here and there where Faye and Shugdi D and other people have shown up but it's really been built on social media mm. Wholesome Gang versus Creep Squad you know <laughs> and, and we saw representatives of both Come out here, um, you know, and and Faye came, has come out since um, Tampa, um, saying that like you know she had had she had pitched an idea of like a, a wholesome gang versus creep squad event to multiple promotions, and those promotions eventually like pulled the plug on those things for various reasons, you know, and I think that part of it is because. Of the nature of the storyline, at least from what Faye pointed out, which is complete bullshit, because mm-hmm. like, this is something that would have drawn money um, if you had a whole show like this. Because of just looking at this match in and of itself, like it was a, a great way to kind of blow off, blow that off, um, in a way, considering that this was Faye's last weekend in pro wrestling, um, for now at least, um, and it really kind of preached to the ex- like. The, the healthy expression of sexuality in mm-hmm. that way. You know, like, yeah, the phase t- team is called the Creep Squad, but, like, it's not called a Creep Squad because they're creeping on people, you know, like, without, like, m- m- without, like without consent or anything like that. It's because they are sex positive. They're in tune with what they want, and they're in tune with, with themselves in that way, and they are perfectly fine expressing that. And then you have Sug D in the Wholesome Game, beating people up with bibles yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code, LGBTRingPod, or visit tinyurl.com iwtv LGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at TV. Once again, promo code LGBTRINGPOD or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRINGPOD. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderBoyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show But that being said, like were there any specific moments in in this match of this match of moments that stood out to you?
1: Lee Moriarty.
0: Oh, okay. he was in full suit, right? Lee Moriarty. Yes, he was the only well not the only participant, one of two participants to not come out in gray sweatpants.
1: But I mean, honestly, when you are still seeing a fine man in a suit, you're still trying to see something. Oh, that was, Dari- so. that was Darius Carter. Oh, it was Darius Carter? Yeah, Darius um, Carter was in the suit. Okay. Why was I thinking it was Lee
0: Moriarty? Lee Moriarty came out in the. He came out in like tan pants and a t-shirt because uh, he didn't. Okay, because he he's wholesome gang and he didn't want to like come out in the in the sweatpants. <laughs> he got eliminated by his girlfriend, by the way, <laughs> which is great. The the official twerker of the match uh, to <laughs> Shout out to Tahana.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, so. well I had the wrong wrong person but still i just wanted to comment on the suit because first off oh my god the heat i cannot imagine that then second i can't imagine trying to be like flexible in a suit (laughs) then again third fine guy in a suit yeah so
0: exactly i like that both both darius and jordan blade in full suit throughout this match oh right yes i love jordan blade's (sighs) suit yes um I think for me, and we can just kind of ping pong back and forth at these moments, because there's a lot to go there through. There are a lot. Um, Dev- Devon Monroe coming out to this match, twerking with Tahana and then pulling out binoculars yes. from his from his sweatpants <laughs> just to get a look at everything going on in the ring before he got in there was just, mwah. Yes. Just too good. Just too good. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and then uh, another one for me uh, was, oh God, Ricky Shane Page um, coming out with 440. You know, I think a lot of people, like, Ricky, in GCW world, Ricky Shane Page is the most hated person ever. He's just the, the biggest shit heel of, of, any, of everybody, of anybody in that company in storyline there. But in actuality, Ricky Shane, Shane Page is a really lovable guy, really close friends with Faye Jackson and it made total sense that he would come out and be in this match, you know, representative of it. Um, And the fact that they remixed his music with WAP uh, (laughs) in in a way and then to see him like mouthing, coming through like a Big Mac truck, I probably butchered that lyric. Either way, him like, (laughs) just like rapping along with the song making all these allusions to like this big dick energy there in a match that is like Full of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then getting in there and like, we had like the whole dance sequence, which we'll talk a little bit more about here, but like him getting there and like starting to do like a stanky leg sort of thing. <laughs> and then the rest of 440 jumping up and like, like, like bringing him to his senses, quote unquote, for just for him to eliminate himself from the match. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a really fun moment for me personally. Uh, I don't know if you had, uh, what, what else was on your mind?
1: I mean, definitely the dancing. <clears throat> Yes. Um. God, I'm blanking on the song "Pony."
0: Yes, genuine, <laughs> genuine. Just genuine, just blaring out into the streets of Tampa <laughs> as like PB Smooth and Robert Garcia or Daniel Garcia. Jesus, I'm sorry, Daniel. Um, we had uh, D. Rogue and JTG, just fucking magic miking it all up in the, in that ring. That was beautiful.
1: Out of every, so I was telling you, like I thought the gray sweatpants battle royale was what i would expect it to have been except for the dancing i was not expecting that so just whenever they did start it caught me off guard and it was just absolutely hilarious
0: yes it was was so good so fun just like seeing the crowd like erupt every with like each like as it kept getting heightened and heightened and heightened until like Daniel Garcia starts like doing the fucking worm on like a pallet of dollar bills in the middle of the ring. I
1: forgot about the dollar bills.
0: Just like throwing money (laughs) on each other, like fucking D-Rogue throwing like like, money all over Ricky Shane Page to convince him to do his like tiny dance that he did before he got out of the ring. Just like so many different moments. Um, Another one that stood out for me, was the fact that this was the first time we ever got to see the face of Mysterious Q?
1: Oh right, you were telling me about
0: that. Yes, so Mysterious Q um, obviously had appeared on other shows that week. He was on For the Culture. He was on um, uh, the IWTV Family Reunion, defending his uh, new Texas uh, Championship there. Um, but he is never unmasked, and you know he comes out for this show for this match um, with this mask on, and face stops him. And tells him, like, you know what you had to do to get into this match. And demands that he takes his mask off. And he takes his mask off. And I have to wonder why that man ever wore a mask. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was just another another really interesting um, little moment there. Because, like, that's a big deal for, you know, masked pro wrestlers. Absolutely. So, like, that, that I think, showed a, really, a commitment to how much... You wanted to be in the match. And I know like it's storyline and it's not necessarily blah, 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 but like, there's still, there's still some, a, a lot of significance there. Right. And, and it really shows a commitment to Faye too, in a way, because like, you know, um, if he was willing to do that for, for this match that, that Faye was putting on, like that's, that's a, a, a big thing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you had any other moments you wanted to highlight there. I have one more that sticks out in my, in my head before we, uh, before we move off of of this one or if there's anything else.
1: There wasn't anything super strong. Um wasn't there somebody who just like took all the dollar bills and ran? That was Ricky Champagne. Okay, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. That was the only <laughs> other thing that I kept thinking about. Mm. Um oh funny bone. We have to talk about Funny Bone. Funny Bone, um <sighs> Funny Bone I think bewildered the commentary team as well as a lot of other people. <laughs> like, coming out to, like, House of of a Thousand Corpses. Right. And, like, everybody's like, we know, like, Creep Squad is, like, Creep Squad, but this is a different kind of creepy. Right. I love that. (laughs) Like, and I love Funny Bones' participation in this match. Like, he brings, like, the hardcore element there. Like, you have, like, Darius Carter stapling dollar bills to him. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then, like, him taking the staple gun to Darius Carter's crotch. Um, afterwards, and, and like it was just a lot of fun, and like because Funny Bone is someone who you know a member of the LGBTQ community, someone who is incredibly sex positive. He's a sex worker, you know, as well as a pro- professional wrestler. You know, he's someone who is very much in tune to those to, to the messages that this match was trying to send, right? In a lot of ways, and so I'm really glad that he that that he was featured here, and he broke up a lot of the the stuff there. You know, it was just another a different element there to bring in that that. Um, sort of like in the intensity and the hardcore element that he that he brings in. Um, and I don't know what it is,
1: but just every time I see a stapler gun in wrestling, it just that's a, again, one of those things that makes me cringe. Like it, they're actually stapling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that bad especially in comparison to like you know actually getting thrown around in the ring and everything but i don't know there's just something about that that just makes me cringe
0: yep i think <laughs> that's the best of point <laughs> it is it
1: totally is and and that's why it was so perfect here especially um just breaking up the kind of mood that had been set
0: yeah for sure um one more the, the one more moment i want to highlight before we uh move on to um a different a different discussion around you know the event itself um robert uh, why do i keep wanting to say robert i i'm so sorry daniel daniel garcia um i think was one of like there's i don't know okay i do know i do know like daniel garcia's entire performance in this match was just outstanding from top to bottom i don't i mean obviously everyone in this match like embraced the spirit of it to uh different levels and uh, with many of them really embracing it to the utmost level in terms of like just letting everything go just letting down all walls and just being full on you know uh full on out there but daniel garcia um from his entrance where dousing himself in water and just grinding (laughs) his way to the ring to like participating in all of the dance sequences um all the way to like the finish of the match where, you know, he ultimately is the last one eliminated by JTG to win the match. Um, And, you know, there's a picture, a series of pictures that came out afterwards showing like Robert, like Daniel Garcia after the match, uh, like um, after being eliminated, like kind of laying against um, the crowd and like Pero and Effie are out there. And they're just like trying to help him up, but like also like, Let's be real. There's a reason why Perro's in the twink gauntlet. So, <laughs> <laughs> or like, always, always like, running through the twinks. So, But, no, it was just, like, all these different, like, things. And, and Daniel Garcia just, like, I think jumped off the screen in, in a lot of ways. Like, everyone in this match did. But Daniel just stood out more, like, even more so to me personally. Daniel and um and D-Rogue and PB Smooth, I think, were the three. Mm-hmm. That really, like, jumped off the, the page here for me.
1: I mean, really, just everyone we've been talking about so far um that really stood out to me
0: yeah um and then of course we before the match started we had uh the induction of two members of the gray sweatpants uh hall of fame with uh two cold scorpio and shat gaspard oh yes of those two and then of course uh jtg wins the match she gets a nice little trophy <laughs> and a flashlight. yes for win- <laughs> And also has to take off his pants, uh, per Faye Jackson's request, and does so. So we end with JTG in his underwear with a flashlight, which oddly enough covers more than his wrestling tights do on the regular. <laughs> but still, for some reason, just like sent everybody in that Tampa Sun up to hundred degrees. I would say, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's how we end that match and end the show. Um Overall, like, like it was just so much fun. Like from from all the wrestling. um, the different styles of wrestling on the on the show, the different styles of storytelling on the show, mm-hmm. closing out with with the gray sweatpants battle royal, like it didn't feel like it was like early afternoon. Um, in that, it felt like that's something that felt like very much a a, a late night show sort of thing, mm-hmm. atmosphere at like basically what was like one p.m. Tampa time at that point. Right. So like it was just. It was just all kinds of fun and really state made statements and creative moments in pro wrestling that you don't ever see in pro wrestling outside of maybe like, you know, queer events, you know, where that, uh, reticence to sexualize masculine bodies is much more prevalent and much more, I mean, let's face it, much more accepted, right? you know, yeah. whether from a male or a male or female perspective, I guess, um. Either way, though, like it was just it was just a lot of fun overall. Um, What were what if you had any uh, like final thoughts or final takeaways from Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl shit overall?
1: Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I also mentioned before, like, again, mainly. um, Having that female gaze on men's bodies in pro wrestling is not something that I see frequently if at all really like I, this 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 really feels like the first time i've seen that and again mm-hmm.
0: i mean it's very rare
1: it, it is very rare and i you know the number of matches and and shows that i've seen is limited um but it's just not something that i have seen before like you you mentioned with um shows that are more aimed at, at queer people like you do see that male gaze towards male bodies a lot like that's heavily represented and that's not represented either in um more dominant culture wrestling events um but I have had a lot more exposure to that especially because I do tend to um like watching the um queer queer shows um so I don't know that that was what really stood out to me just that they were showing the female gaze, this representation of female sexuality that, that you don't normally see. Um and that just made it even more fun for yeah. me.
0: Yeah. And I think that that, that point is very much a, a, a sticking point coming out of the show in one of two, I think, because like it's also a very good juxtaposition against what the, the majority of the, the show was. Like showcasing Women in pro wrestling that can fucking go, right? You know, and like they are really good wrestlers, really good storytellers. They can do all the things that men can do, uh, or you know, if that's how you want to quantify this, which in pro wrestling, you know, dominant culture, it's, it's te- such, yes, dominant culture there <laughs> tends you go. to do that. <laughs> that's the language I needed right there. <laughs> you know, it's very much that, like, like you know, they, they they show that they can thrive in in that environment, and then also can take what has been traditionally used um, to focus on on sexualizing female bodies and turn that on its head like you said earlier with the Grace Sweatpants Battle royal and let some people just see what is swinging <laughs> and celebrate seeing what is swinging mm-hmm. in that way too so no it was just it was just an outstanding show all in all like I really enjoyed it that and I really enjoyed the message that it sent. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said earlier, though, uh during our to Culture show, I do wish more people had been there because I think that the this was a show that deserved much more of a crowd than it than it ended up drawing. Just, right, and then whether that's because of the time, you know, coming off of for the culture ending at like three a.m. the night before, or the the heat, or what else, whatever, whatever the it pandemic, was. but also pandemic, like I yes. like
1: like factors. That factors in too because, um, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about how much
0: online viewership they got, like even live or afterwards. I don't know numbers, but, you know, it was a, there were people, there were a lot of people talking about this show though Mm. online. I just don't know like how many people ordered the pay per view, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know this was like the show that I would want to show my non wrestling fan friends. Um, yeah,
0: especially the, the gray sweatpants battle Royal. Right. That, I think that is, that is a match that has, might be become, might, might is might have become my go-to for like showing someone who has never had an interest in watching pro wrestling <laughs> and right. to show them like what pro wrestling can be. Like it's just, it's a very good stepping stone in that way. So. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. Well, um, if did you have any anything else you wanted to to touch on with uh real Ali, uh, almost said real Alley Cat, <laughs> Alley Cat's a real hot girl shit <laughs> before we uh before we close up shop until next WrestleMania week. <laughs> uh, I don't have I don't have any other thoughts. Hmm. Did you? Uh, it's just just more. Yes, I, I more, please. I can't wait for next year. Like I want the Great Sweatpants Battle Royal to become an annual thing. I want Real Hot Girl shit to become an annual thing. I want For the Culture to keep being an annual thing. Same with Big Gay Brunch. Same with all these shows, a lot of these shows right. from WrestleMania week. like Let's just keep bringing out as many diverse visions of pro wrestling that we can and keep watching them intermingle until we don't have to have diverse like we don't have to like have like these like sort of shows that not not force diversity in a way, but you know shows that promote diversity. We won't need to promote diversity anymore because the wrestling industry has embraced it and and regularly engages with it. Right. So, yeah, it's a hopeful thing. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you so much for for enduring uh, the nonstop wrestling with me again. <laughs> Well, I really enjoyed the, the different
1: shows that I watched with yeah. you. Um, so thank you for that, too. Oh.
0: It's good exposure for me. Definitely. My thanks once again for the second time today to my partner, Casey, for coming on the show and chatting all about uh, Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit in the Grey Sweat Pants Battle Royal and everything up and down on this card. It was really fun, uh, and I love uh, having these conversations with KC around um, different events in pro wrestling, especially whenever there's intersectionality and the, you have moments and uh, visuals and, and takeaways that can really inspire um, some interesting conversation topics around them. It's always fun, always a blast. Um, That being said, make sure to check out the other episodes that are dropping today. We had Casey and I talking about GCW for the Culture, as well as my interview with Canadian and Greek professional wrestler Leo London that's coming up um, today as well. So you got three podcasts dropping. We had four last week. That's seven across a week or so of different things. But um, either way... We can now officially put WrestleMania week 2021 in the books. Um, now that we've talked about everything that went down for the most part. Um, so, yeah, it's always fun. And we look forward to next year, whatever it brings. Hopefully more of what we saw this year. Hopefully crossing fingers because this year was just full tilt. Amazing. Loved it. That being said, though, we are going to say goodbye for uh, now, but make sure to check out the other episodes this week. We've got plenty for you there. Um, But until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, and thank you, Faye Jackson.
1: She made a deal with the demon So a lover can live But the moon is high And the devil is child mm-hmm. stick It's the formula Six, six, six